Hello and welcome to Cord Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord community Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korvar. And I am Kikita Kaori. And this week we are going to be dealing with essentially two new fictions, which is The Hidden Markings by Robert Denton III. And we're also going to be looking forward to the new novel, The Night Parade of a Hundred Demons, which is by Larry Brennan and will be out later this year. Well, uh, the one fiction we've had in the last couple of weeks that we haven't had a chance to talk about was Hidden Markings. Uh, It's by Robert Denton III, and it is a wonderful thing for those Phoenix fans in particular. So um, in it, Asako Mezawa who is one of the Asako Inquisitors and, and a character from the Phoenix novella, actually. I did he investigates that. a remote Phoenix shrine and a Mahusukai who is living there and practicing the forbidden art with very good intentions. She wants to redeem the constant. So. I Phoenix are all was... about good intentions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and where that, that road is you know, where that leads to. And I thought that was a really, really, I'd never, that, that kind of, the, the motivation of the Mahotsukai mm-hmm. was really fascinating. I was like, oh, I had never thought of someone practicing blood magic for that particularly stupid reason. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like, if, if you could, it's one of those things, if you could make it work, that'd be great. And part of me does immediately kind of go, could you? Could, <laughs> could could you do that? And that was like, mm. but but I I also like the analogy, which I can't remember, of um, even Shinsei wouldn't swim with sharks. Or, or you know you you don't you don't you don't you don't go to the sharks and say, how about you take up being vegetarian because they'll eat <laughs> you. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you can you can do this with you know you can try this with the canton but i really don't think you can i just thought that was cool it was such a such an analogy to a number of things that Mm. the phoenix have uh have in their uh, fatal flaws um yeah their makeup i i I always every time i read something they do the thing there's the phoenix they are contradictions they are incredibly powerful but a Amazingly modest, and I go, what phoenix are amazingly modest? <laughs> Unless they mean the Sheba, but they don't mean the Asawa. They do not. <laughs> well, but they want to—they want to fix it. They That's want to true. make things better. Yeah. They want to use their great power for to the good of everyone. Things. I mean, yes, to, to fix everything. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they stumble. And think that they can use their great power to do some things that maybe aren't in in their great power. I think that they are pretty yeah. humble most of the time. It's just when they fail, it's, they it's, fail it's, in it's, that it's fashion. An, it's a kind of interesting thing that they they think they're humble, but at the same time, it's they they are arrogant in their humility in a way. You know, I am so powerful, I have to be amazingly humble kind of thing, rather than genuinely be like, like they don't even realize how arrogant they're being in their kind of, it's we are the to... most powerful, which is really, really interesting. It's a really interesting character. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Something like that. And it's an interesting contrast with Kuni Yuri, who is in his own way, 
doing his own kind of paving of roads with good intentions. But we have been razzing on the Phoenix for a while. Anyway, nearly this... enough. We have been <laughs> for nearly long enough. But yes, there's lots of other interesting things about this story. So let's we can talk about oh. them. Okay, where did it come from? It came this from the story result. Yes, the 2019 Birmingham uh, Corte about who um, basically do, do we send Maezawa off to investigate the Phoenix or the lands outside the Phoenix? And apparently, the answer was inside. So it turns out this is a good idea because this woman was doing some very silly things. Right. So there was uh, much discussion at the time, but at the at the in the end, it was a very close vote, and mm. the winners, the day two folks, voted on having him investigate Phoenix lands. Yeah, yeah. Now we have a number of cool lore nuggets for this mm. story. Um, one of the things that has been consistent about the. Um, Inquisitors is that they have a tattoo of an eye on their hands. Yep. Um, so we learn more about that tattoo in this story that we never had before. Apparently, there are secret, exclusive tattoo artists. Yep. Uh, uh, working across Phoenix lands with another job, but it's so what they do is kept secret except for to Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. And the tattoo only lasts a few weeks before it must be renewed. Well, Which did, is... did, did, didn't, didn't the tattoo guy say, gosh, it's strange how quickly your tattoo needs to be replaced? Yes. Um, though on a hand, it, it's, tattoos don't last very long. That's true. And but, they're very painful. <laughs> I kind of got the, the feeling that, that it could get used up because at the end, he's saying, right, literally, he's just, I've, he's just had it done. He goes to, to deal with this, this lady. And then he's already looking at his tattoo and going, uh, need to touch up. So I wonder if it doesn't get used in some way. Well, it could, but I think it's more likely at that moment that he is, um, how do I put this? He's saying that for masochistic self-punishment type of purposes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, uh, to, you know, paying Paying in a way for what he is doing. Hmm. But yeah. um, let's see. The eye tattoo is for people. They He definitely refers to them being uh, inquisitors of Kakushibori rank or higher, which I think is hilarious because Kakushibori <laughs> means hidden carving and is the term used for tattoos used in a made in a hidden or intimate place, like under an armpit. And... Um, they're normally erotic tattoos uh, or humorous tattoos when we talk about a Kakushibori tattoo. Yeah. So now they have named a, <laughs> I, a I, rank. I, I, I kind of, I kind of, like the palm of your hand doesn't feel very hidden, mm-hmm. which is a bit strange. So that's, I mean, I wonder if this is just another kind of someone's looked up a term and they're not quite sure how it's meant to be used normally or they deliver, I mean, is this deliberate? I don't know. It's, that's an interesting one. He does keep it under a bandage while he's talking mm. to to her, to the Mahusukai. So he keeps it hidden, but it's okay. not normally hidden. Uh, we also get other people who get tattoos. Uh, Mantis sailors, because they're pirates. I Obviously. Uh, firefighter gangs who tattooed their whole bodies. They sound very much like the, uh, the Yakuza style tattoos to me. Yes. 
And the Daidoji caravan leaders who actually tattoo a sleeve, how terribly modern. Um, and apparently each picture telling a story of their lives. In old law, the Daidoji would, they, they were the ones who got a Daidoji mon on their wrist. Yeah, they, they still do in new law. Sure. So they're but, getting tattooed anyway. And yeah, these yeah, yeah. particular Daidoji are enhancing Yes, yeah, so it sounds like it, it's an expansion of that. So every Daidoji gets that tattoo, but some Daidoji go further, which that's very interesting. That's a new thing. So that's kind of cool yes. and interesting. I think it's cool. It's a, it goes with the crane appreciation of art in a mm. sort of a, a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing, there are, you know, historically, Actually, the history of tattooing is really interesting because you look at the lovely Yakuza tattoos, which is what everybody thinks about. Yeah. And you see, mm -hmm. when you see Tattoo Samurai, they've got Yakuza tattoos. And Yakuza tattoos come from the fact that criminals used to get tattooed at one point. And they, the Yakuza tattoos would be to conceal that. But the Yakuza tattoos were also designed so that they would be hidden when you are wearing normal clothes. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Daidoji are wearing them on their sleeves and that on, on their actual arms. And that's going to show up a lot because one of the first things you do when you get into a fight is get your long, flappy kimono sleeves out the way. And that's mm -hmm. interesting. So it's obviously a very different tradition. So that's, that's an interesting thing to add. Mm -hmm. Well, in the case of the daidoji, being tattooed as a daidoji is a mark of honor. So mm. unless you were a daidoji up to sneaky hijinks. Sneaky um, hijinks, yeah. That would probably be You would be proud tattoos. to show your, your daidoji yes. month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there are criminal brand tattoos, they might be quite different. As right. In, you know, yeah, so they'll be like, oh, no, I see you've tried to, to do a concealment, but I know that that's concealing a ton to ton. As opposed to, oh, you clearly you must have gone over Baden Pass in the winter because I know that tattoo. Oof. Right. Yeah. And of course, in Rokugan, you've got the Tagashi who mm. have to have their tattoos revealed to the light yep. in yep. order to um, for them to work. So people are used to seeing tattoos can't be just associated with a criminal element. Although in the beginner box, one of the things that the group of Ronin who try and pick a fight with you, slight spoilers, um, they, <laughs> if there's a Tagashi in the group, they'll say, oh, look at your tattoos. You're a criminal. Let's see. There is a, a woodblock printing shop. Mm -hmm. Um there's been discussion over the years. I've seen people have different takes. Some saying, of course, yeah. there's woodblock printing in Rokugan. And others say, of course, there's not woodblock printing in Rokugan. Well. Uh, woodblock printing has happened in Japan since the 8th I... century. So the technology isn't that hard. But it wasn't no. really adopted very widely, probably because of the price, the complexity of making paper in large amounts. Well, 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 I mean, they make their houses out of paper, so I'm not entirely mm. convinced that paper's expensive. I think there's mm. probably lots of paper, but the the wood the woodblock printing to start off with was generally like a single color. And mm -hmm. I think the other thing is that that for most of Japan's history, the 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 non-samurai, in fact, even the non-aristocrats for a long time weren't literate. So there wasn't a huge point to woodblock printing. And it's only when in the in the Edo period where you suddenly started getting long-term periods of peace, which meant that trade could go on uninterrupted by all those pesky wars. And so the you get a middle class. You get merchants mm -hmm. who were wealthy and wanted to have nice things on their walls. 
and they couldn't quite afford and they didn't have the kind of the, the social standing to hire artists to paint their own one individual thing so a market for educated people who wanted woodblock like, like you know mass produced bits of artwork was there and that's mm-hmm. so the ukiyo stuff which we're used to when you think of japanese woodblock printing you think of the beautiful ukiyo stuff which is mm-hmm. lovely and and amazing that was quite recent, relatively speaking. That's like the 16th, 17th, 18th centuries. Uh, but then rock again does borrow from every single period of Japan's history and all over. So, eh, you want woodblock printing. But single color stuff would have been around. Absolutely. So, in, in this case, we have it. I mm. mean, we have evident, you know, word here that your Rokugan can certainly have woodblock Absolutely. printing. Absolutely. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have a hilarious point where it talks about um, our the Maho Sukai who is killed in the story, who is a keiko, mm. carrying a basket of water, which is a, a hilarious term. Um, I'm wondering if he used it as an analogy, uh, right. I because uh, the you know basket of water is an impossible task. Carrying a basket of water is considered an impossible task. Right. Now you can always be carrying a basket of bot- water bottles or something like that. Well, but. I mean. People did. There are, it is possible to make watertight baskets, but I don't know if because, like, I don't know if that's what they're talking about. <laughs> so there you go. Let's see. And uh, he talked about a bindle. This was a term I didn't know, so I was bindle. like, "Is that a, is that a typo? Did you mean a bundle? No, a bindle is actually a, a load wrapped in a a, 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 bun, a blanket in English. A, bi- so. a bindle is a bundle. A bindle is a bundle <laughs> on a stick." That is a great yes. phrase, and I love it. Um, you, you actually see a lot of, I mean, the the classic bindle. If you most uh, Westerners think of the bindle, it's the hobo mm-hmm. with with a with their bindle, and you know, basically, you know, a, a wrapped up you know, a bundle on a stick, you know, wandering <laughs> wandering the the roads and getting getting the the trains and all that. But if you actually look at an awful lot of Japanese, yeah, samurai era messengers and travelers. That's how they often carry things, and it's obviously like a square box in a wrap stuck on a stick on your shoulder, wandering along the high road. So yep, that is your actually, favorite fur. You, you see that a lot. Mm. You do see that a lot. Um, our investigator basically made the Kitsuki players in every single game ever in Rock Again uh, very happy because they just made all this wonderful. Like there's this Kitsuki mis- mixture called Fox's Footsteps. And you spread these two powders around. And so the first one, you kind of spread it around and then you wait. And then the second time, if someone's walked through it and tracked through it, then the footprints start to glow. And so you can track people's footprints. He walks through one kind of powder that mm-hmm. has been set out. It's an invisible yep. powder. And yeah, he walks through it and he tracks his footprints. And then uh, Murasawa, uh, Meizawa, I should say, uh, scatters this other powder and makes around and, and anywhere that the other powder got tracked, it goes. Yep. So. And, and you can guarantee that absolutely every Kitsuki player has petitioned their GM for some of this stuff now. Yes. <laughs> is, is it Rarity 7 or less? I'm sure I can have one in my stuffing kit. Yes. Uh, the other interesting thing is the jade-laced candle that expels creatures of Maho with its holy light, which is that's what all the Cooney are requesting. Mm, they want that. Um, <laughs> I, I also liked the. This wasn't like a, a specific item, but he had a 
uh, effectively a booby-trapped, was it a box? I think it was. He kind of hands, oh, here you go, could you carry this for me? And she goes, oh, ow, I've stung my finger. There must have been like a splinter in the box. And he goes, no, no. And you're thinking, though, that's a perfectly smooth little tiny bit of concealed jade. Under the so, handle. Under the handle. So I thought, ooh, that's sneaky. <laughs> Yeah, lots of good things for your for your players to mm. add to their equipment. Um, let's see. There's a mention in there of some sutras. So we've had a variety of these. I think that mm. there's they're just adding new ones as the story calls for another yep. sutra. So here's the Topaz Sutras, which is uh, another orthodox set of sutras for the Brotherhood of Shinsei that gets yeah. mentioned. It sounds like it's probably the beginner version of the Diamond Sutra. Um, Who knows? Which is, the Diamond Sutra is a, a, a real life it is, sutra. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the, they talk about the Jade Sore Sutras, which is an unorthodox sutra about the nature of yokai and... Uh, Mm. redeeming the yokai so you can have yep. all of these orthodox and unorthodox sutras and basically a sutra is some set of teachings for the brotherhood of shinsei and obviously some of them are going to be considered orthodox and and right and good and proper and some are going to like burn the heretic or the uh well jade strike the heretic i suppose <laughs> our inquisitor smokes a pipe and smoking grass which is actually literally the the Japanese word for tobacco, tobacco, it's just tobacco, which they got from the Portuguese historically. And they literally did use the kanji for smoke and grass for it. So it's not that far off to call this stuff smoking grass. Mm-hmm. But where where is this from? Because this, this is like in Lord of the Rings where uh, Sam cooks things with, with potatoes and tomatoes and, it, and, and they all smoke pipeweed. And everyone goes, they all come from the Americas. Where did the hobbits get these things from? <laughs> it's the same thing here. So, hmm, interesting. I wonder where they get smoking grass from. It could be something that the, well, our options are the tortoise, the mantis. Or actually, now I think about it, the most likely is the unicorn. Because smoking tobacco, uh, well, smoking pipes, did the, you, you got that from... Yeah, the, the the hookah type pipes that come from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So maybe, but we still have to have like an Americas for that to come from, or something, or some place where it comes from. In Who any cares? event, the pipes are called kiseru mm-hmm. when they're not just called pipes. Yeah, and they are certainly part of the setting. Uh, we probably have weapon stats of the, on them. They're if not, they're the uh, preferred weapon of choice for uh, Ronin from the City of the Rich Frog. Yeah, but, they come in various uh, sizes and shapes. So if, barring calling it anything else, you can call right. your, your tobacco in your pipe smoking grass. Yep. And uh, the hand, <laughs> one of my favorite things is like, 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 um, Meizawa is like, oh, don't cut your palms. You're going to do blood magic for heaven's sake. There's like tendons in there. Like, you, you, you're not going to use your hand afterwards. Really sore. I mean, come on. If you're going to summon the evil spirits of evil to do your evil bidding, come on, do it. It's like, don't help the evil magician. Well, it is a, it's, a, it's a good way for players to know, too. I mean, yes. if you're a GM and you want to, like, hint that maybe the person that has been framed has been framed, 
yeah. you can say that oh their palm was cut with blood and mm-hmm. you know they're claiming they're innocent then that's yeah. a good way of of letting the players have a hint have a clue that maybe yeah, yeah. they're framed they really don't know what they're doing or somebody did it to them because uh, dramatically in mm. art or plays if they're yes. showing someone doing maho they do it from their hand because it's huge and dramatic and everybody can yeah, see yeah. it it's not where it's actually done yeah no, no in, in a play what you'd have is you'd have the person holding you're know, concealing like a blood some kind of you know, fake blood capsule in the hand and then they go i will cut my hand to do the evil magic and then they just come and squish it and they oh blood from everywhere whereas trying to do it anywhere else would actually be a bit of a pain so from doing it in your big kabuki play that's the way that's how you do it and lots of red some, streamers oh that that as well yeah so lots of people would get that so the, the another idea is that this appears in plays but is often not accurate and so people sometimes get the wrong idea about which, which yeah it's kind of a fun thing have you got this from watching television i mean kabuki plays so mm. in general i i thought it was a really good story i enjoyed it that had lots of details obviously we've talked about them um one of the things i thought was strange was that um it was presented that inquisitors were secret they were kind mm. of like a known rumor um yeah but not real like people didn't yes. really think they were real um yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought that that was a strange choice for the phoenix to make because yeah if they were big and public and there's uh, you know phoenix inquisitors are out to get you yeah, yeah, um, yeah that would enhance the phoenix power a lot in rokugan i would have thought they so could, they I mean, can go anywhere and just use their, we'll send them inquisitors after you. I, and yeah. I had always thought that they did. So them keeping low key like this. Um, that was is, is, is kind of as an argument for their, for their modesty or, or so on. It was oh, it's just an interesting choice. <laughs> no, it isn't. This didn't make argument. No, I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, the, the interesting thing is because they actually have often claimed, no, we don't need a Jade champion because we've, we take care of that. And I always, what that took to mind was that we have our Inquisitors wandering about and everyone knows about the Inquisitors because no one expects the Phoenix Inquisition. That kind of thing. <laughs> I, I wonder if it's simply that the eye tattoo people of Kakushibori, that's the secret. Maybe... Or is it the whole idea of it? That's, that's an interesting one. That, that was surprising to me, I have to say. Anyway, that was a really good good story. We did want to talk about the Night Parade of 100 Demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is by Marie Brennan. Uh, we don't know how long it is, but it's with the novel set Aye. that we have um, Poison River and Curse of Honor coming yeah. out in so it's probably the three to four hundred pages range yeah, yeah. Uh, of of novel here um in the story the blurb goes agasha no isao riatora of the dragon clan and asako second of the phoenix clan go to a remote dragon village of sebomura to investigate rumors of a parade of a hundred terrible demons that appear in the village at night that started after an earthquake buddy cop movie buddy cop movie potentially um <laughs> you're a wild card you play by the <laughs> rules man that'll be fun <laughs> this one is actually based 
uh, you know, we we don't know much about the story other than yep. you know, what I kind of read to you. But there is an actual folk superstition in Japan called Hayaki Yago. Yagyo. You can yep. help my pronunciation there. Yeah. Um, it's an inspiration for very many famous woodcuts and other works of art and stories yes. in uh, in Japan about how on certain nights of the year, a parade of a hundred demons comes through mm. the town and everybody has to keep their doors shut and stay away from them. Otherwise, the demons will whisk you away forever. Which is never good fun. And I think there are there are some like street parade type things that have been based off it, and it's it's one of those things. It's just a big part of Japanese folklore. So obviously, yeah, let's bring it into Rogan and see what happens. So I'm going to be interested to see whether this is like is the is the is the yakiyagyo is that a Rokugan tradition or is this like the first time there's been a parade of hundred demons? That's going to be interesting to find, to find out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So looking forward to that. So that's releasing in January of 2021. And we do have a brief thing where we talk to Max Brook, uh, who is one of the the main writer of um, the Fifth Ed rule system. And where a new FAQ is being put together. And so people are encouraged to send in their kind of their rules questions, the things that they, they think might need to be dealt with in an FAQ um, mm-hmm. to the standard address. And we will end up talking a lot about honor. And it's, in fact, you specifically were talking about honor. Right. Like, what, what is it? Because it's a very, it's a, it's a difficult concept to get your head around sometimes. Is it internal? Is it external? Is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Right. So. Well, there's always been a kind of um, issue in, L5R, and this has been across all the versions of L5R, in that um, honor is an internal trait Mm -hmm. uh, and a perception of yourself. So if you do something bad and no one catches you at it, you still take honor hits, right? Uh, You do something that's against your code of Bushido, you still take honor hits. But people can sense your honor. Now Mm. with 5th edition... The benefits that people have described of having high honor tended to, and the responses of honor tend to go along more with the perception of honor. So how do people respond to you? Oh, they know you're honorable and therefore they're more likely to accept your word. Things like that. So we presented that question to Max when he was came on and he said, that honor is not a public thing. It is a personal thing. Uh, gaining and losing honor is dependent on how you perceive the action. Mm-hmm. So if you were uh, a samurai who took the blame for an action of your lord, right, which is a very classic samurai thing to do, a very yep. honorable thing to do, yep. your honor would go up mm-hmm. even though your everybody in the world would see you as yeah. less honorable. So your, so your glory would go down, but you're, because everyone thinks, oh, you're, you're, you're not as, you're not as honorable as we thought, because we saw you doing a bad thing, but you right. know, I know I'm, I did the honorable thing, but you so your glory goes down, but your honor mm-hmm. goes up, I think. Now, the benefit, Matt said, of high honor is that you can wager more of your honor to convince people to do otherwise 
uh, impossible mm. things. So the way he talked about it was if you wanted to go into the enemy's keep and you were honorable, mm. you could potentially wager honor and go into it just on your on your honor. Um, yeah. And and potentially risk losing it. And if you have more honor, you have more honor to lose. Um, mm. So, but it's only good for improving the perception or otherwise doing it for when you, uh, when people can detect your honor in some way. So they have yeah. to know you. They have to otherwise um, be able to sense your honor. And there are a lot of opportunities and techniques that do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most roles will go by glory unless they really have interacted with you a lot. However, there is a mm -hmm. different advantage for honor. Um, the honor advantages, mm -hmm. as they are in the, described in the books, seem very narrow in that they are, you know, if I am a paragon of courage, then I have a good, I have a better chance. I can use my Paragon skill to convince people that courage is really important. Yes. And that's how yes. they seem to be written. Um, more about, they see you as courageous and therefore you're better able to do it. But mm. that's not the complete picture. Max strongly recommends, it. it's actually a bonus for any time where that um, virtue would be, be helpful at all so if you right. are trying to resist an oni sphere effect and you are a paragon of courage mm. it gives you the advantages there as well so that's that's cool that's because that's i mean because like you say the, the way it came across so the way certainly when i read it that's pretty much how i felt that it, that's what it meant it meant other people perceived you as being more courageous other people perceived you as being a paragon of courage as opposed to no 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 you actually have defense against fear effects but it it seems that it does in fact apply to that so yes good to know so yeah like if you are a paragon of courtesy you would be better able to do courtesy mm. in a situation where maybe courtesy would be yeah trying like resisting somebody being rude or yeah Something like that. So it's a little broader in the advantage, um, which makes it better than I had originally originally I, read yeah, it as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel that if you're going with with that kind of interpretation, you're going to want to have the occasional NPC who has the attitude because the very common attitude is, "Oh, I have heard of you. You're incredibly courageous. Like, that's what I've heard, and that's your glory stat." But your glory mm -hmm. stat could be lies because you could have lied and cheated and taken and you know credit for other people's work and you mm -hmm. could you, you, your honor score could be down in the toilet but everybody thinks you're higher honor because you do you've uh, your reputation is really good so you want the occasional person who will go i know of reputations but sometimes reputations aren't true i'm going to actually try and work out what this person is really like mm -hmm. so people with a low glory who may have like like in your example taken the blame for something their lord did so their glory would be lower but their honor would be higher and they can actually no i i see through to your your true self and i see you're very honorable and therefore i'm going to give you the mission or give you the the, the helpful thing or whatever 
So I think you'd, you'd kind of want to make that distinction between honor and glory, perceived honor and true honor. Mm-hmm. Have NPCs who do deal with that. And it's possible yeah. the Kami see straight through that kind of stuff because the Kami yeah. are not as humans. So it was a good discussion. Um, mm. we'll, we'll maybe be able to talk about that more later, but it, it's always been a challenge for me for 5th edition, trying to know what the strength or the yeah. benefits of honor. Yeah. Honor is stronger in steel, but than steel, but sometimes it's hard to tell in, in L5R. So this is Kikita Kaori signing off for this week. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Korva. Until we meet again, keep your jade handy. <laughs>